hello and welcome to hypnoticbuffet.com my name is Jason Newland and this is your regular Monday hypnotic buffet hope you're well and so I do these sessions every Monday and uh, I've been doing them for a while for this is the I don't know what number this is. I think it's 16. Might be higher than that. So I've been doing them for a few weeks. And the idea really behind these is just me to kind of discuss some ideas that I may have, some thoughts that I may be wishing to voice out loud. Although it's not really uh, kind of hypnosis as such, in a sense of lie down, and go to sleep, and close your eyes and all that stuff. It's you know I, I suppose I should say only listen when you can safely close your eyes, just in case, um, <laughs> in case you get bored in case you want to close your eyes. There might be background sounds, which is fine. It's natural to have something in the background, either my side or your side. At the moment, it's raining. It's very rainy right now. Which, uh, Then it's kind of natural in April to be raining. And I, saw, I kind of get the sense, I kind of get the, the need, feel the need to explain exactly what the concept of these hypnotic buffets are. Basically, It's a bunch of ideas. I mean, it's not all, not all the ideas are going to be in one session. Uh, the idea for me is just to put forward some maybe some suggestions that you can try on. You can taste. You know, if you think of a a buffet with food, lots and lots of different types of food, you can just have a little bit of each and just see what you like. Maybe discover something new that you enjoy. You know, you may never have had a, a chocolate eclair before. And you have your first chocolate eclair and wow, it was absolutely beautiful. You really enjoyed it. Or, or if you never had a cheese sandwich before, <laughs> which is probably quite unlikely, but um, you know, just there might be something, some kind of food that you've not had before, or just something you've not had for a while, or maybe something that you had in the past and you weren't particularly keen on, but now, for some reason, your taste has changed. And this particular item of food 
reaches you in a different way. It tastes somewhat different from how you remember. And in that process, it sort of transforms your memory or updates your knowledge base regarding that you know that subject that topic so that's what these hypnotic if I can say the word hypnotic buffets are it's just a a flow of ideas and thoughts nothing is rehearsed which uh, I think becomes quite evident when you listen to me, knowing that I'm not reading off a script, that's kind of fairly, fairly obvious. Because if I was reading off, reading off a script, I'd need to get a new script writer. Because I could probably say in five minutes why I actually take 40 minutes to say it's okay, I don't mind. These sessions once a week. So you can go to my website, hypnoticbuffet.com. You can watch them or listen to the sessions on my website, jasonnewland.com. There's a link there. You can watch them on YouTube on my Vimeo actually not on YouTube you can't watch them on YouTube but you can watch the videos on Vimeo um, yeah and uh, you can go direct to the Podbean podcast just go to Podbean and type in Hypnotic Buffet So I'm lying on my bed, I'm sitting up in my bed and you can hear the bed clothes, bed covers creaking, creaking, rustling rather, not creaking. The thing that I've been thinking about, oh, excuse me, this week is something that I keep coming back to. It's a subject that I just keep being reminded of in most of my interactions with people or in things I see on the television, on the news, things I read uh, on the internet or maybe when I go onto Facebook and see people's posts especially the interaction between people and the the need for arguments the need to be right and the need to be right is something that I will I'll be coming back to that over and over again because it's such a huge issue
but that's not really what I'm going to be talking about today necessarily, I might mention it. I was just wondering how to address the idea of beliefs, although I have addressed this subject on many occasions, I just wonder always how to start, how to ease myself into that massive swimming pool full of beliefs and I want to be able to get back out of that swimming pool full of beliefs untainted by those beliefs unaffected by other people's beliefs and I've been thinking about this so many so much limitation that we seem to put on ourselves with beliefs and there's that I know it's, there's a saying of black and white thinking and some people would say oh, I'm not a black and white thinker I I think out of the box or I have an open mind it seems that everybody to a degree has these set in stone beliefs whatever it may be we've all got some we've probably all got lots and some people have got many and I do kind of think about it and I wonder what use are they and somebody might say well I believe that if I don't know, maybe drive without a seatbelt, then it's dangerous. I believe it's dangerous. Or I believe that climbing up a mountain without a safety harness, you know, you should always have a safety harness with you do that or you should always have a, a helmet on your head when you when you're on a motorbike I think that's where we get maybe a little bit confused between beliefs and facts I think there's a big difference between a belief and a fact a fact is something that is proven to be the case you don't have to believe that an oven that's been on at 200 degrees for the last hour will be very hot. 
You don't need to have a belief system for that. It's a factual situation. The reason I'm saying that is I'm wondering how we could break up some of those beliefs that we have. And maybe by introducing facts, updating and knowledge base, updating those things that we actually think we know. Because that's another thing, isn't it? Another way of looking at a belief system, it's something that we think that we know. Or something that we definitely know. Yet, if there's evidence to prove otherwise, you know, a silly example would be uh, someone that's prejudiced towards a whole race of people saying that all of them are bad at driving for example just as an example or all of them eat butterflies And I've always kind of find it quite amusing when I hear people talk like that. Not about the butterflies so much, but just the idea that millions of people are all the same when no two people are the same. We have similarities. Some people try to become carbon copies of one another to fit in, maybe try to be like the parents, try to be like their friends at school because they want to fit in because maybe they've seen what happens to other children who don't fit in and they really don't want to be treated or bullied in that way. So it kind of makes sense, I suppose, to try and fit in I tried to fit in but I didn't succeed I've never fitted in anywhere so I can talk only from my own experience with this is eventually it doesn't matter anymore for me personally I've tried various avenues of trying to fit in. Even going to getting involved in Buddhism, I thought maybe I could fit in there and I didn't, not even with Buddhists. I was even judged by Buddhists, <laughs> which is funny on one level, I suppose, but not completely hilarious for me. So how can we 
reduce that idea of wanting to be like other people what's the point in that what what does it give you and I just I've had a bit of contact with younger people over the years as well as older people and people my own age and I do notice the I like the term limited thinking or limiting processes because I don't want to talk about other people as if I'm talking down to them or judging them for the way they think because we all have our own limited thoughts whether it's limiting our own happiness limiting our pos- you know potentials or limiting maybe other people in the same process I've had a, a tendency of self-sabotaging myself self-sabotaging myself in the past so that's something I'm working on that's limited just just seeing how some people talk to their children raising their children to be prejudiced or to think certain things not realising that small children really do take things literally I really do believe really believe what they're told and sometimes I think that part of the job of becoming an adult and to grow as an adult is to unlearn those prejudices and belief systems that have been passed on to us it can even be something as pointless as telling a small child to keep their elbows off the table when they eat no meaning to that maybe they used to be it's just a way to control somebody and I guess it would make sense not to stick your elbows out if you've got 20 kids all around a little table seems to be this need for adults to control others 
of course some people take it to another level but they're the ones that are called controlling the average person who controls is just called normal just a normal human being it's not necessarily controlling in a horrible way or an abusive way or it could just be trying to get your own way which is probably the most natural thing to want to do but that energy behind that that need to be right that need to be in charge is possibly not very healthy not very useful I like to control my environment but I don't want to control other people as far as I'm aware I'm sure I do but at times I want to control other people but then I don't have much contact with other people so it's not something I have to really be too worried about but you know when it comes to watching television I'm going to watch what I want to watch on television when I want to watch it but I'm the only one that's affected by that my belief system is that I have the right to watch any program I want it's my television I'm the one with remote control see that works for me because it's only me it wouldn't work if I had someone else living with me who also wanted to watch television it wouldn't work if I had children also wanting to watch their own programs if I sat there in my chair like some kind of a the king of television choosing what programs to watch and everybody else just has to go along with what I choose and accept it then my need to be in control would be a controlling situation instead of just okay as it is because it's just me it would then be an unhealthy environment it would be me being very selfish could cause conflict in fact it probably would cause conflict with the other members of the family even if they didn't say anything they'd be thinking it they'd be feeling it they might not say anything so that belief that I should be in control of everything in my environment 
is there to a degree. I don't feel that I should be in control. I just am in control. I make sure I am. Even to the point of the level of heat that's in my home. I'm the one who changes the thermostat or turns the heating off or turns it on when I want to. But people listening to this, you may well have lived, and I know I have lived in a home with somebody just like me who wanted to have complete control over the thermostat for the heating and hot water. decided when the radiators were turned off when they were turned on and it's not so much fun if you're in a house like that and you're cold and you want the heating to be on but you don't have control you don't have access to the thermostat because the one person is the king of the thermostat However, if I have a visitor here, I will adjust the heating to suit that person. If they're cold, I turn the heating on up higher. If they're too hot, I turn the heating down. But would I want to do that all the time? is a question I can't really answer. If I was living with someone that was constantly cold and I had to have the heating on full for way longer than I was feeling comfortable so that I was sitting there sweating so that they could feel as if it's room temperature. I could get uh, could get old really quick. The novelty may wear off, possibly. If I have that mentality of needing to be in control wanting to be the king of the thermostat. But what if I have empathy? If I love that person and I care about that person's well-being? then maybe I can make adjustments. I can sit near an open window so that I'm getting a bit of cool air. They can maybe can sit, I was going to say sit on the radiator, but they can sit near the radiator so they keep warm. I suppose it's managing to find a way to 
be open to new possibilities. And I just, I do feel, I feel sad for young people who are born into some kind of strict belief system. Because not only are they having to deal with maybe parents or family or friends that expect them to act and behave in a certain specific way. But then they start maybe seeing the world through that belief system. Because beliefs can be like a pair of spectacles, glasses, goggles, whatever you want to call them, contact lenses even. Or eyes, I suppose we could call them eyes. And looking through that belief system changes what we see. So if I'm sitting on a bench and watching, maybe I'm in a park feeding the squirrels and I look over and on another bench there's two people of the same sex kissing. Depending on what belief system I'm looking through, what belief glasses I'm viewing them through, will affect my response, my emotional response to that. If I've been brought up to to think that or to believe that two people of the same sex shouldn't be having any kind of romantic relations then that I guess would spark some kind of anger or outrage or at the minimum I guess discomfort my belief system might be who cares maybe I've got a belief system which isn't a belief system it's just a for that particular situation I have no interest in sexuality in people's sexuality what anyone does it's it's as interesting to me as cleaning the the bathroom or 
doing shoelaces up is you know taking my socks off it's not it's not an interesting thing I'm not sure why people really find it so interesting I guess it's because of these belief systems that people have and they cling on to them really cling on to them really tightly like as if they're life jackets what they don't realise is these belief systems they may look like life jackets to them may feel like life jackets but actually it's weighing them down because that's that water may not even be water they've got that life jacket on thinking it's keeping them afloat but actually when you take off that belief system just let it sink and the more you take off the more you get rid of maybe you can start to actually rise and realise that you can walk and it's not water at all it's just a surface a flat surface to walk on because you're then above all these little human made beliefs which limit all of us So it's kind of figuring out where these beliefs are and it's partly why I don't have a big issue with people that are prejudiced because in a sense I don't blame them I figure it's it's a belief system that they have and they just don't know how to get rid of it they also have a belief system connected to that which maybe they believe that they shouldn't get rid of it and it's, it should keep that belief system and it's connected to maybe other belief systems and it can be scary I guess to actually recognize that these beliefs are just that which is something you believe I can believe that I can climb up a wall doesn't mean it's true and I have tried So maybe we can test the beliefs. I think if you have a belief for something, that's the beginning. It's not the end. That's the beginning. 
that's the the first step that's the the question and then you need to answer it the question is can I walk up a wall and stick to the wall like Spider-Man I might have a belief that I can do that I might have a belief that I am the best boxer I might think that I'll be able to get into the ring with a professional boxer and win 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 the fight that can be a belief it's a question the question is you know change the belief into a question can I win a fight against a professional boxer and that would be I imagine quite quickly answered the second I got into the ring with a professional boxer and then realised that no I can't beat a professional boxer in the ring then it opens up not for me so much but maybe if I was younger maybe I could with training you know with experience with the right nutrition and exercise and all that stuff maybe I could then go on to be a professional boxer but at that point it's still it's a wish rather than a belief a wish to do something a want to do something the belief can be that you can train and that belief is answered by training it's a question it turns from a belief turn that into a question a big Q big capital Q and what we need is an answer I believe that I can I believe that I can talk for an hour into a recording device just talk and talk and talk I believe that so it's a question can I talk and talk and talk into a recording studio mini studio thing or you know any kind of recording device can I talk for you know an hour non-stop without interruptions and am I able to do that? That's the question. The answer is based upon actually achieving that. So the answer is yes. So the answer becomes a fact. The fact is I can talk and talk and talk for an hour. 
So you've got this big belief that turns into big A, no, big Q rather, which is the question, which then leads to the big A, or equals A, which is the answer, which equals F, which is the fact. And then it's no longer a belief. I don't believe that I can talk for an hour. I know that I can talk for an hour. There's no belief needed. There are things that you can do. And you might say, oh, I believe I can do that. I have, you know, this belief. Well, is it a fact? So if someone says to you, for example, all people with bipolar, and I'm one of those people, people with bipolar are dangerous, okay? Which is something that the newspapers sometimes like to portray and the news items at times so that's someone might have that belief system so turns into a question are people with bipolar and I guess you're generalising so it must be are all people with bipolar dangerous what's the answer and some people might say well, I don't know what the answer is how can I know I'd have to meet every single person with bipolar and there's millions of people in the world with bipolar and wah la wah la wah la wah so if you can't answer it then it gets stuck in that part it becomes void it can't go back to being a belief anymore it can't go forward to being a fact so unless you can interview every single person who has a diagnosis of bipolar then you don't have all the facts that you need for it to be a fact you need evidence which means it then just dissolves and not only does it dissolve but there's a feeling of release as well because that thing's gone and it's one less thing to be carrying around one less thing to think about it lightens the mind another 
belief that some people might have is people with tattoos are troublemakers or maybe the belief is people with tattoos you should keep away from people with tattoos that might be the belief or people with tattoos are scary that's another thing or you know, it could be a different variety of different things so someone might have that belief system and they really believe it and they would you know if they saw someone with tattoos on their neck or on their hands or you know whatever they might be they might avoid that person but what happens if the person with this belief has an accident maybe even a serious accident or becomes ill when they're out in public and the paramedic turns up the paramedic has got tattoos the ambulance driver or the paramedic has got tattoos on their hands maybe on their neck and this paramedic saves your life So how does that fit in with avoiding people with tattoos or lots of tattoos? It then adds the question, should tattoo people with tattoos be avoided? Should all people with tattoos be avoided? Or are people with tattoos dangerous or bad? Then you have an answer through evidence that actually no. Because this paramedic or this ambulance driver has given you emergency first aid. And it changes the way you feel. It changes that belief system. Maybe in an instant. Because you can no longer say that something is a fact. If you've got evidence that proves that it isn't a fact. So belief is just the beginning of the process that leads to either a fact or we could say no further action. A belief that
anything is a specific thing, you know. And I'm being vague there because there's so many different beliefs. And this doesn't necessarily fit in with all beliefs that we may have. But I think maybe we get confused between beliefs and opinions. Even in the the term believe, I believe. To me it sounds like someone saying that they they think something's true. they're not sure or maybe even are very aware that other people may not agree so the word believe kind of is a an ownership of a an opinion maybe When I hear somebody say the words, I believe, all I hear is somebody saying that they are not open to new evidence. And that they don't, for whatever reason, wish to question themselves, question those beliefs. think if you were to go around uh, if you made a sandwich not a packed lunch but you made a a sandwich, it could be any kind of sandwich you want, maybe an egg sandwich, cheese sandwich could be whatever and you're maybe travelling for the day or maybe you decide to travel for a few days if you don't touch that sandwich eventually you won't be able to eat it it will just go off and become disgusting yet we carry beliefs around maybe for decades and decades not realising that they've gone off
So beliefs, pretty much what I'm saying is beliefs are very much like a smelly sandwich that's not edible. Maybe. Every, everything has a maybe next to it. I'm open to things being or not being, whatever they are. I like the idea of a belief being the first step or maybe the first step is someone else handing you that belief that's how I feel really when someone uh, gives me and tells me about their belief whatever it is I class it as an unwanted gift so I don't dislike the person I just don't accept the gift they can't see that I'm not accepting it but I kind of just invisibly bat it back towards them let them have it back because everybody can keep their own stuff hopefully they'll let go as well but I don't want anyone else's beliefs limiting beliefs I've no doubt got enough of my own And I'll continue to try to evaporate as many as I can. And some people might say, yeah, what about believing that children should be safe and believing that we should look after our elderly and believing that uh, we should put more money into care for those that have got diseases and it's not a belief that's a necessity that's a moral obligation those are things that are needed to be done in the same way as eating no one says, oh, I believe, I believe I should eat today. No, you, you have to eat today. Or at least eventually, depends on how long you can go about eating. No one says, oh, I believe I can breathe. No, you have to breathe. I believe... I believe I have to go to the toilet this week. No, 
Belief has nothing to do with it. This is a fact. You will need to go to the toilet at some point. Hopefully more than once a week. Always come back to bowel movements for some reason. Maybe I wasn't breastfed when I was a kid. <laughs> Not that those two were <laughs> in any way connected. So, making sure that children are safe. It's not a belief. So there's that. Maybe mix. Mixed up ideas. Mixed up thoughts. About what a belief system is. Generally a belief system is something that. We never question. Once you question something, that's when the process changes. So question your particular belief, whatever it may be, question it. the answer what's the evidence and what's the resulting fact ah well, this wasn't quite as light as I thought it was going to be um, I did manage to talk about bowel movements at least once but this is the end of this it's an hour I think nearly yeah, about an hour this session's lasted just under so I will be back again next Monday for the next episode of Hypnotic Buffet and I will be revisiting the beliefs Because I'm finding as I get older, I don't know if it's particularly an age thing, but I'm finding as you know time progresses, I think more and more about beliefs, and I notice more and more the beliefs that people um, communicate when they talk. And I can see patterns there. I try not to question people directly because I don't really feel it's my place to do that unless I was in a counselling situation where I was the therapist and they were the client. Then I could question. But in a, a normal interaction, that's not my job. 
and at the same time I don't want to come across like I'm judging because I'm observing I'm not judging I'm noticing I'm seeing a way to help because I care not because I'm judging maybe I like that word maybe it gives me uh, gives me like a little little bit of uh, a safety net I think so I'm going to go this is the end of today's hypnotic buffet my name is Jason Newland just in case you're interested I also do a regular let me bore you to sleep session which is pretty much every day and you can listen or watch those on my website jasonnewland.com but the let me bore you to sleep is also a podcast on podbean it's also available on soundcloud and youtube channels and all kinds of stuff I've got you got four YouTube channels now Jason Newland's chronic pain relief hypnosis Jason Newland's sleep hypnosis Jason Newland's relaxation hypnosis and Jason chats bipolar vlog so they're they're all available online I also have a Vimeo channel as well where every single video I've got is on there you just search my name and you'll find it. Well, take care and I will see you, speak to you next Monday. Take care of yourselves. And remember to be kind to yourself. Bye.